Everyone have a good weekend. Yeah. 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 I moved to LA. Where? It was Culver City. Okay, that's not LA. Not too bad. In the bubble. Yeah. 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 I don't consider that LA. Is that weird to say? No, but I I I love it. But it's better than two hour drive. Oh. Coming from San Diego. Absolutely. It's awful. Yeah. No fun. Thirty minutes it took me to get here. Mm. That's it. Um, you guys ready? Yeah, we're ready. Okay, this is gonna be a new intro. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, welcome back to the Bet on Her podcast with Gina Kelly and myself, Dana, which is sponsored by Trust and Will. On today's episode, we're thrilled to be joined by Fallon Funoy Moana. Nice. Okay. A professional um, indoor and beach, volley- beach volleyball player and an all-around inspiring athlete. She has had an impressive career in the sport of volleyball with numerous victories and accolades to her name. Welcome. Thank you. I'm yeah. super excited. And just so everyone knows, too, this is our Mother's Day special. Yes. So we brought you on Yay. as a mother, and we have a little gift for you. We got you some flowers. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why the stems are so long. No, <laughs> long. I didn't cut them. Flowers. My bad. <laughs> we were in a bind, but yeah. They look, I love, those are nice. Yeah. yeah. Flowers are always great. Okay. Um, but yeah, we wanted to have you on as a special guest because, you know, mothers are huge inspirations for all of us. And so, um, you know, you're a huge inspiration for a lot of women, mothers, and your son especially. So um, I guess getting into the topic of motherhood, um, I want to ask, like, what's the best thing about being a mom? Um, The best thing about being a mom is pushing your limits and always knowing that nothing is too hard. Like, you can literally go off one hour of sleep and still go play a tournament, still go have to go do all the groceries, feed another human, maybe feed yourself, take a shower, and you've accomplished a day. Like nothing is harder than that. So literally being a mom is like just knowing that you can be superwoman at any moment. Yeah, super. you are a superwoman, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and what, what about, um, like what advice do you have for future mothers too? Or maybe like three things that you've learned since being a mom that would be really important for future moms to know too? First thing is give yourself grace. That's one thing that's really hard for moms is we are so hard on ourselves because we feel like being superwoman means literally having to do everything and not being nice to ourselves. Like, and not in this mean like beating on ourselves, but just not taking the time to do things that we love for ourselves because what we don't realize is if we're not happy, we can't make other people happy. Even if we try and if we want to do everything, it's, it's grace. And the second thing would have to be, you know, there is no manual. Like literally you're having a kid and God is like, okay, here it is. And like <laughs> people are going to give you their own advice about everything they want to tell you about their experience, but their experience is not yours. Mm-hmm. So you literally have to take every day and you're going to have to realize that you're going to make mistakes and each mistake is not going to be terrible or like it's everyone's going to die. No, it's small things like, uh, maybe I shouldn't feed my kid this late, or maybe I shouldn't get my kid sugar at this time. Like it's going to be literally a trial and error. And the last thing is, you know, I think now my son is 10 and I think something that I had to realize 10 years down the line is I have to thrive and I have to thrive in a way that I am strong being vulnerable and 
people don't realize that those two things go hand in hand because being strong doesn't mean that I have to like bullhead through everything. Being strong means also realizing that maybe this is not the right way for me to live. Maybe I should kind of curve and make sure I go into other hobbies or open up my way to friends or even being vulnerable so that he knows as a black boy, he can be vulnerable. So those are things that I, I think are huge for moms because it's not talked about enough. I feel like I need to call my mom after this and say, I love you. Thank you for everything. Um, that was really inspiring. <laughs> Sorry, Kathy, for being so mean to you sometimes. Um, what What's your relationship like with your son? And like, give us, just tell us about him a little bit. Cause I know he's an athlete yes, himself. He, he's and an athlete. He's a dancer. He loves music. Um, he, he's all around a sweetheart and I'm so glad that he's sweet because everyone just took me when I was a kid as, you know, a rebel or a hard ass, which I was, but, um, I, I wanted him to have that side, but I also wanted him to just enjoy being a child. I think that's huge for me. Um, and we are so goofy, which people don't realize how goofy I can be because he makes me that way. And I kind of just love our, our moments. And a lot of it is, us can be in a car and literally just singing a song and he's making up his own dance moves and we're going and people are like laughing at us on the freeway because we're just going ham and that's just our relationship and I love that about us and you know since he was a little kid to now he's just had such a light about him and I think that's amazing because I had him in such a turmoil time where I was 19 turning 20 having him and now being 31, realizing like, oh my gosh, I grew up with my kid, which I love. I love that part because I don't think I would be the person I am without him. Yeah, that's really powerful. What's your go-to karaoke song with your son? <laughs> Sorry, just had to go back to yeah. the car scene. Yeah. By the way, I feel like Dana and Fallon, you guys would have very similar music taste also. Oh, I like that. Um, my son has, he's very swaggy by the way. So <laughs> I have to make sure I get this song right. But he likes everyone from NLE Choppa to like um, Don Tolliver. He goes into Migos. But I think the most, hold on, I gotta check my phone before he gets mad at me. Make <laughs> sure I get the right song, hold on. I, Cause it's like, mom, we didn't say the song. Hold on, he just played it this morning actually. And think the song is by the way fallon when we played together on the avp uh it'd be like 8 a.m practice and Fallon would have her speaker and she'd be blasting the hip-hop and rap i'd be like i'm awake now i'm ready to go <laughs> i, I love that i loved it too oh, yeah. but it was like 8 a.m oh yeah let's go yeah ice spice in hamoud oh Ooh. he loves it so i had to make sure i got it right so he never he's very trendy <laughs> never heard that song yeah we're gonna play it after you have to we're gonna insert insert a sound bite right insert here. here exactly <laughs> right, right now like damn she and her move like damn she and her move like damn she and her move he loves here. little ice spice <laughs> uh, that's so fun though that's great that you guys have that relationship and um you know i think uh i know that you were playing overseas um shortly after you had had your son and uh I know that that was a big decision for you because you were going to make good money and provide for your family. And I think that's commendable and really important, but um, you were forced to kind of give up your career playing overseas, right? And I just, um, kind of what happened there or what was the story behind that? Well, I had him in 2012 mm -hmm. and then I played 
overseas, if you will, in Puerto Rico, like six months later. And then I got a great opportunity to go to Poland. And um, I obviously being a new mom, it was hard to make that decision. But this kind of money and also this opportunity to jump back into a high level volleyball was everything I ever wanted. So I made the decision to go and um, obviously being a co-parent, if you will, um, I had to make the decision while in court on that day, they basically said um, I lived a nomadic life and that I was not stable and that I um, would lose custody of my son. So during that, being 22 years old and having volleyball taken away briefly, being pregnant, and then now realizing that I had to choose between my son and volleyball, I chose my son. And um, it was something where I had to quickly, uh, with a lawyer that has 20 minutes with you in the court, literally tell you, you know, well, you can tell them now that you're going to retire and see what they say, or you can wait until the next court date and see if they give you another um, type of alternative. And so I chose to take time because I had already signed a contract. And um, then the next day I just knew I had to give it up. And we waited to the next court date and I had already lost most of my rights because my ex made me seem that I was nomadic. So unfortunately, um, I did not get the better end of that stick, but God does not give me anything that I cannot handle. And um, being where I am today, obviously you could say I shoulda, coulda, woulda done a lot of things, but I don't think that God had that in store for me. He literally put me through this because I needed to show my son strength in many different levels and also show that I will do anything and everything to play the sport that I love. And also I'll give up anything for who I love. Yeah, that must have been really hard. And I'm I'm sorry for what you had to go through. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not easy. And I hate that the way that stories can be finagled and the way lawyers can make you seem. And it's just it's a really um, can be very toxic. And so I'm just very sorry about all that. But yeah. Um, how has motherhood like impacted then your training and your competition, right? Because you've um, juggled being a mother and having a son and caring for him and then playing overseas, playing on the AVP, traveling a ton for that. So I guess, um, yeah, how has your training and competition schedule been impacted by all of that? I feel like it is a roller coaster that you try to balance every year because each year that he's gotten older, it all changes. It, you know, either if he's more active, if he wants to be more with you, if he doesn't want to be more with you and more in summer camps, there's so many different ways that my training changes. And, um, obviously playing beach volleyball, um, he loves going to the beach. So it made it really easy for him to go to practice with me. But when it's time for like me to go lift, it's like, uh, do I have to go to that? Or like, what can I do instead? And that's okay because you just got to find ways, but, um, he's a basketball player. So it makes it really easy on me now. Um, the last year I signed up for a 24 hour fitness, um, <laughs> membership so that he can go lay up some hoops and like shoot his shot. And like, all I have to do is like go put him through some basketball drills and then he'll go play for like two hours. And that's my time to go lift. So I found that balance, but, um, I mean, I had to give myself a lot of grace because, you know, as a professional athlete, 
when I was in my tip top of like when I was in the best shape of my life, I wasn't eating as much as I was supposed to. I wasn't drinking as much as I was supposed to. Like there's always something that you're going to like not do that you're supposed to do. But I mean, as long as you're putting your best foot forward and you have good intentions and you're putting that work in towards whatever you need to do. And whether that's like, okay, I really need to go to the gym this week and make sure I'm working on this, this, and this, then that's what you got to do. And maybe the next week it's like, okay, like practice, I need more touches. Like you just really got to listen to your body. So that's what I think that I've been really good with and and in tune with is just listening to my body. How do you prioritize time for like just yourself given it sounds like your schedule is very chaotic of dealing with your training, lifting, and then your son's schedule as well. How do you find time for yourself? Oh, do you find time for yourself? I mean, now, um, now I do. Cause, um, I, t- I told myself in the twenties I was surviving in my thirties, I'm going to be thriving. So yep. I literally yep. put the that. Snaps to that. Right. No, snaps to literally that. I put that because the twenties you were just, you were going till you were on fumes. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, like that's just what you do because you just feel like you have to like always grind. And I feel that way now, but I feel like in my thirties, like I can say no like so strongly like obviously like having a person I do like saying no is important but like no to even like people you love is hard and I had to do it because I was on fumes and like the fumes was still going on to the next day and the next day and I wasn't getting better yeah I was just tired and then you get cranky and then you're trying to get your best out of like practice and like lifting and like you just don't have it in you and no was huge for me no is self-care for me now Like I have to like, even though I want to be there for like my man or like my son or my mom, like, no, I'm sorry. Like I can't, I can't do it. And that has been the greatest gift that I gave myself because like it actually made me better for them in the long run. Because if I keep saying yes to them and I keep saying yes to these things that they make me not make me, but make me feel like I have to do because I love them, then I'm doing myself a disservice because I'm not, if I'm really going to play the sport of volleyball while I'm young and do these things, then I need to make sure I prioritize one thing that I need to do. So the no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you, I, you are the queen of self care. So like, what does your ultimate self care me time day look like? I don't know if I get a whole day, but if my dream day, (laughs) yeah, your dream day, my dream day would literally just be like, I would probably go to the Riviera Hill Spa. I'd start at 9 a.m. No, I'd start at 9 a.m. I would have mimosas in the car, (laughs) literally mimosas, a little pineapple juice, just a little. Yeah. And I would go and I'd literally go to all those rooms and the, the saunas and the And I would get a massage for probably like two hours that has a scrub with it. And then after I would go to the cafe and then I would just literally have a nice lunch. And then I would go back to the rooms (laughs) to have more time. And then if it was like three o'clock, I'm going to go get a mani-pedi. And, you know, if I wanted to have happy hour after that, then that's what it is. But it's nothing but just clear mind and just loving on yourself. Like that's what we don't do enough of. And loving on myself is super important because I didn't do enough of it. You know, I'd loved on so many people, which I love to love, but like, it's like, oh, 
um, I'm getting wrinkles on my forehead or like, <laughs> why do I have gray in my hair? Like there's so many things that I have to make sure that I want to upkeep of myself. That is important. Not me visualizing that entire day <laughs> and then thinking, wow, I need to schedule some time for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, the Riviera house ball, we talked about this when we had Carly Wopat on, she's got a membership there or something. She bought like a pack, bought like a package. Anyway, that that's the Korean spa we talked oh, about. That, and that's great. like, the best now that you live close you gotta hit it i up. know i need to yeah we'll have ourselves a day yeah all four of us you'll show us the rope <laughs> yes I've, ne- I've never been to sure. a proper spa so yeah this is not like a normal spa though it's like make it as you will kind of it's not like it's like a la carte so, yeah well it's you can make it you don't have to do all the rooms you don't have to do all the the those the bougie ones you have to these ones like it's at your own pace oh nice. yeah whatever you want to do yep. so you went from saying no for self-care but it, it also looks like from your career, you did say yes to beach volleyball. You started off playing indoor, correct? And then you went from indoor to beach and you bet on yourself taking that on. And then you went back to indoor. So talk us a little bit about that tra- transition, like your mindset and choosing um, to switch to beach. Well, um, well, this was the time that I decided to retire. Um, and I didn't play for a year and a half, two years, and I was super depressed. Like I just was not happy because volleyball has been my life, my whole life. Like I just didn't know how to move without volleyball. And um, I started to realize that like, oh, if I play beach, like I'm home, like it, it's still okay to like play and it's only during the summer. And um, I started to get hungry for it. And it was something of like, just simple as like, throwing on beach volleyball on TV. And I was like, oh, I kind of miss it. And then I went down to the beach and like started seeing people playing. And I was like, huh, I could do this. Like, this seems fun. Like I played beach volleyball my whole life, so I should try. And um, at that time I had just went to USC for alumni night and I had just um, talked to Anna, like, I think I want to play. And she's like, you should totally get Alexa Strange. And Alexa and I hit it off, you know, both of us being fiery. She's crazy and I loved it. And it just kind of just was something that I needed at the time. I was 23 turning 24. I was still young, you know, like it was something where it just, I needed it and she knew how to feed it to me. So it was just something that like, I totally think that Alexa helped me tap into me being in beach volleyball and wanting me to be hungry for it again. Yeah. I remember watching you in 2019 Chicago AVP. And I just, you were playing against Megan Rice, Florida Megan Rice. Yeah. And at the time, I think it was against Taylor Nyquist. But I just was like in awe of your energy on the court. And I was like, wow, I I loved it. I wanted to be around that. Um, so I, I was like, I wonder when I'll, ever, I'll get to meet her. And here we are, <laughs> 2023. Who would have thought? Yeah. Not me. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that's incredible. So how does it how does your mindset change from playing with teammates to playing one other person? What playing with a partner? Like indoor team. Yeah. Oh, I mean Was it tough? I mean it's it's like dating. It's yeah, it's exactly. yeah you guys talk about that a lot. Yeah. It's like dating and um I'm not a good dater. I'm not. How I, do you find your right partner? Exactly. And I, I don't like to go on dates. I don't like to go see people eat or <laughs> drink or know about your life immediately. Like I don't like new people in the initial. Mm-hmm. I like to gradually get in there and this it's like 
you're diving in the pool with them. And I'm just like, wait, like, can I get my swimsuit on? And it's one of those things that, you know, I, I think it has made me a better mother, a better spouse and just a better person Mm -hmm. playing beach volleyball because like Gina can attest to this. Like when I play with my partners, like I literally dive into you. I want to know you. I want to know your niches. I want to know how you are thinking, how I can help you in any other way, because for me, I'm doing your, I'm doing myself and yourself a disservice if I'm not giving you what you need and I'm not asking the same back. Yeah. And that's something that's huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from personal experience, I felt so safe with you. It was just like this good, um, like relationship and the trust and just kind of, I don't know. I, I mean, she kind of felt like a mother to me and I was just like, Oh, she's like, did you do this, Gina? Did you get your sleep? Did you take your vitamins here? Take this beet juice before you go to sleep. And I'm just like, okay, yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you so much. So then like you're back indoor and now you have more teammates on the, on the court with you. What is that like? Ooh, how it, do you like was, how do you navigate relationships because like you're not a dater no i'm not um so athletes unlimited actually is super creative because mm-hmm. i don't have the same teammates every week we draft every week so mm-hmm. i have different teammates every single week so it's kind of like dating but i call it speed dating oh. so it's like i kind of can get to know you it's kind of quick and then oh time's up and i have to go to someone else so it's like i get to get the superficial part of it and mm-hmm. then it's on to something else and then i mean it it's one of those things now that i went on tour i was with these people for 5 weeks and it's like, oh, wow, like, I don't think we're a match or like, oh, maybe like we could hang out. But I don't know, because we're always on the volleyball court or traveling or like my brain's mush. So I don't know like what I like right now, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as Beach, you spend more time one on one versus like six on six. It's you're with a team. There's a lot of different humans. There's a lot of different personalities. Yeah. So you have to like bounce around. But playing professional beach volleyball, you really want to get to know your partner and like you and Gina. Like, I would imagine you guys spend a ton of time together, so yeah. it's a little bit easier. So I guess getting into the AU Pro Volleyball, um, for the listeners that people don't know, like kind of what is it and how exactly does it work? I know you said there's like a draft. Um, and then also want to get into kind of like what happened last year with it versus this year, because I know it was a little different. So Athletes Unlimited is an amazing organization that um, started off with softball, lacrosse, and basketball, and then went into volleyball and um all women's sports and they're owned um by why am i blanking on the name they're owned by amazing people <laughs> i know their names i'm gonna get for you kevin durant one of them kevin durant is an, an investor, investor. Yeah. um john and i'm gonna think of his name <laughs> anyway these they are amazing um they actually put forward not only women's sports but they pour in money for different opportunities they do zoom calls for every asset of life so it could be social media it could be investing it could be um, psychology talks mental health um, nutrition they really dive into the whole athlete which i really appreciate and something that really got me was that um, last year when i was signing to au they had childcare and they helped to pay your nanny and they literally like, even if you have a dog, bring your dog and we have a dog friendly. Like there were so many things that they thought about that 
when you go overseas, like it's all up to you. Like, yeah, we'll pay for their flight out here, but you got to make sure your kid's okay and this and that. Like even just taking care of your kids like health, that's they take care of that too. Athletes Unlimited literally takes care of the whole family because they don't want you thinking about it. They want you thinking about playing. And that's a dynamic I've never been a part of. And I'm glad that last year to this year, I've been a part of it because this is pioneering for what we deserve. Like we honestly do so much for so many sports that to the fact that they have gone into depth of these things is huge for me. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and then so then last year, I know you guys uh, were playing kind of against all each other. That was on ESPN. ESPN and then, rallies. Uh, yeah, but then this year you guys did exhibitions, right, against college programs? We sure did. Um, so we went 12 cities in four weeks. And I think what I grasp of it being on the inside, not the outside, but the inside looking um, towards what we affected was we brought so many more viewers to pro sports. Like they love their college sports, but they're like, oh my gosh, like we have people from our universities who are playing in these pro sports that we can also be fans of. A lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people didn't even keep up with the pro part of it after they leave mm. college. And it, unfortunately, that's what our sport does. That's why some of us go overseas or we just go into beach or find a career is because there's nothing for us after. And I saw like, we went to Wisconsin, Sydney Hilly was there. And you literally see all of her super fans like, oh, my God, you're still playing. This is amazing. Granted, she's a scientist for STEM research. Like she still has a full job that she's super into, but she's still playing and they're buying her shirts and, you know, like willing to participate in her pro career, which you don't get to do unless you bring awareness. And this was more like face to face. This was not about the ESPN, the YouTube, the Bally's. This was like connecting face to face with people who actually love the sport. Yeah, I wasn't aware of Athletes Unlimited and the indoor league until I came across it on Instagram. And I was like, wait, what is this? And it the energy there is very lively, very active. Um, I haven't seen that in a really, really long time. I mean, you see it over overseas. I feel like it's very popular, the atmosphere. But here, it's like slowly starting to pick up. Because last year, I don't think I noticed it. This year, for sure, I noticed it. And maybe it's all because of what they're doing with um, with AU. And it's just expanding. Um, but shout out to their marketing team. Marketing is killing it, by yeah. the way. And I think they really have stepped it up in the sense of other sports also. Because they're getting big time athletes who are in the WNBA and yeah. playing professionally overseas to play in Athletes Unlimited, which gives them even more of a benefit to get exposure because their social media and other um, other WNBA players are going to want to come and different volleyball players from different um, countries are going to want to come. And there's just going to be a lot more that women can do. Yeah. Do you get, do you have opportunities to go to like the other sports and like support them or obviously volleyball you're in C you guys just finished, right? Yeah. So what are the seasons of the other sports for viewers that are listening in? While we were in Dallas doing our preseason, we actually got to see the women's basketball for a week oh, cool. while we were there training. So we got to see them and go to like three games, I believe. Mm -hmm. So we, um, we were in the spring, we are now in the fall. Mm. So, um, it was uh, women's basketball, it is us, and then it is softball and then lacrosse. 
So we kind of go through, um, I guess, the end of winter through spring, summer, and then the very small part of that front fall part. Okay. And we leave winter kind of in the cold to rest. So yeah, what are you doing in the winter during like the off season? Is that your off season? So I guess that would be off season, but I know that every sport, they all can play different leagues. So I know that's not off. It's just like, another way for them to make money for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure that the, the money's good and it's guaranteed and it's like playing overseas, but with perks of living in America and playing in America. Exactly. Um, I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, AU Pro Volleyball versus League One and also pro the Pro Volleyball Federation. So there's a few different organizations that are going to start coming up that are same, same, but different. So uh, I guess what are your thoughts on that? And then um, do you think that that's uh, like good to have all of these different ways or do you think that there's a different way for Pro Volleyball to be successful in America? It's really hard to judge or say, is there a way for everyone to do it? Because we haven't had it in so long. I feel like we've been starved in the U.S. of a lot of pro sports, but specifically indoor. Um, Athletes Unlimited, of course, is going to have just a, a, a pioneer type of way because they kind of did it when no one was even there. And now seeing the big impact of LOVB and Real Pro Federation coming in. Um, there's just so much unknown, but I also think there's so much that all of them can do to make the sport as good as it can be. Like literally growing the sport is what they're doing and they're talking about it and they're putting money into it and they're giving little girls like I was an opportunity to stay home and do what they love in front of their family. And that's something that overseas you don't get to do. You have to like fly your whole family out for like, you know, European cup and woo, we got a bonus so you guys can come out. Like, no, <laughs> we can do that here. And um, the big thing is that, you know, I don't know all the specifics for um, LOVB or for Real Pro. But what I will say is I know that LOVB is going to be um, happening in 2024. Um, I don't know when it's supposed to happen. I know they're, they're trying to do it in the spring. I don't know when it's going to start. That's what I've heard of it. Um, they have amazing backers. And um, also they have a lot of national team players that have announced that they're a part of that team, which I do trust them. I do think that their value is high in, in this sport. But I also know they're playing overseas and making money right now. So that's also hard to know the variation of, you know, when you guys are going to be coming or when it's going to start or the the solidified of that. Um, Real Pro has been very aggressive in announcing things and making sure that they have big time owners and um, they have contacted a lot of athletes and limited um, athletes. And um I feel like it's a little bit more of a solidified, but it's still like finicky because right. there is nothing solid until you sign on the dotted line and there is money in your account, right? Like that's one of the things that you have to wait for. But I mean, I think all of these organizations have amazing opportunities to get us where we need to go. Just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Trust and Will. It's a super easy to use platform that helps you create a legal will, trust, or estate plan in just minutes. You can use the bet on her discount code for $50 off. Visit trustandwill.com. 
Yeah. It's awesome. I, I feel like like after college, indoor athletes, it's like your career is done. Unless you're pursuing of going to the Olympics or playing overseas in the United States, you're, it's done, done. So I think this is like a fantastic um, idea and a huge step forward um, and also promoting female sports. And yeah, I think there there was a WNBA player that made this comment online. I think it was, I forget who it was, but she had mentioned like, there's so many great female athletes and athletes out there just not enough teams and not enough leagues so i think that's untapped potential and there's a lot of opportunity there and i think this is just turning on that faucet you know yeah and i think it's good i think you know you said it well where we're just making people aware even if it's happening with three different organizations and there's being money putting into it so uh i think that's really important yeah, the volleyball world is small, so it's the talk of the town. <laughs> Grow the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about your plans for AVP or beach volleyball? Do you have, um, are you going to continue to play or is that kind of up in the air? Oh boy, this is a <laughs> this scoop is right here. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't have to share if you don't want no, to. Um, I, I gave myself the word flow for my 31st. Flow was super important for me because I felt like last year, like I was so excited to finally play indoor. And then I dove right into beach like a week after I got home and I got burnt out. Like it was just, it was just one of those things. Like I played six weeks, three games a week in indoor. And then I went here and I like did three practices and went straight to lifting. And then all of a sudden I felt like a robot and I didn't enjoy it anymore. And I was like, you know what? Like volleyball for me, especially beach volleyball at this point for me right now, like, or when last year it was just this is supposed to be fun this is supposed to be I'm supposed to be passionate about what I'm doing and I wasn't um this year flow for me was like I'm gonna flow because obviously I was going into 12 cities in four weeks so I was like we're gonna flow with this and see what happens um obviously I've taken more time I took a week off and didn't even like look at a volleyball or go to the gym and a week after that, I started to go to the gym and just ride the bike and like go to yoga. And then now I'm like, oh, I kind of miss it now. I think I'm going to start practicing. And I like texted my coach and I was like, hey, um, I think I'm ready <laughs> to go touch a volleyball because I know it's different than indoor. But um, I'm planning on playing some events. I don't know who with. I don't know when, but I'm excited to dive in. My body has felt so good this year. Um, going from COVID to this year, it just felt like my body just was out of whack. And now it just feels like I'm getting back into an actual professional athlete, like ready in a regimen way. So I'm really excited to tap in what that means and go from there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah we're ready to see you out on the beach. <laughs> we, we, I, I miss your energy. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. We need it. We need it on, at the events. It's. I love the yelling. Yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. It like, I, I remember hearing it from like a, a court, a court over and I was like, who is that? I need to go see. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I was there and I was watching and I was like, I love this. And you, you're pumping up yourself, your partner, the crowd. And yeah, that, you know, that, that brings eyeballs, you know, on you guys. And yeah, I loved everything about it. I guess kind of bringing it back to a similar question for beach volleyball. Um, in your opinion, what do you think beach volleyball needs in order to succeed as well? Ooh, it's a loaded, a hard, it's a loaded that's question. That's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, I have no problem being organically honest. Um, Do it. 
last year, um, I felt like it was hard to be a beach volleyball athlete. Um, I had the money to go to every single event after I played um, indoor. I had great sponsors. I had great backing. I was able to get the training I needed to. I had some great partners that asked me, but I just felt like I was spilling money out of my account to play in qualifying tournaments then to go to another tournament to spend more money, it was so hard to register that like breaking even or going in the negative just to play in these tournaments and then like look at your bank account and be like, oh, I got to go do some lessons or I got to go do this in order to survive. And that was not, 30s are for thriving for me. Like yeah. that was not in my cards. And um, I don't, I'm not a I'm not a business person. I'm not going to say that there's a right and wrong way, but I will say for the sport that I have been a part of for majority of 20 years now, I don't think bleeding us dry is going to help us. I think that, you know, unfortunately, like we have to look at our youth programs and that's where you're going to make the most money. And um, you know, I, you know, I don't know where it's going to go from here, but I do know that there is so much more that we could market. There's so much more that we could give. If each player on the AVP had to do five clinics a year just to, you know, pay for 10 tournaments, I think all of us would do it. Oh yeah, for sure. I think all of us would do it. And it, I'm just talking on a small scale, five clinics when these clinics are with hundreds of kids put 10 of us in there and do five events and say, okay, that's going to pay for your entry fee. And we can do like acts of service that way, instead of paying us, put it that way or have us, you know, I'm sorry, but we have not had enough California events. There used to be Santa Barbara, Huntington, Hermosa, Manhattan. We used to have all up and down the coast. Now, you know, yes, we have the Huntington, it's a smaller event. And then we have Hermosa, Manhattan, but there's so many other beaches too that I feel that we can make money off of in the sense of just being a volleyball town and we're not taking advantage of either where they can make money because there's so much more that we could do in that sense. But I mean, who am I? I'm just, I'm just a volleyball player who's <laughs> no. just trying to help, you know, yeah. talk about it. But I mean, there's just, it's hard for me to say like, oh, for sure, I'm going to play in all of the events. Um, of course, the competitor in me wants to play in all of the events. But the realistic part of me is not going to go to all the events because, you know, you can spend $1,500 going to an event and make seven fifty back. And that's just the reality yeah. of it. Yeah, I mean, it is hard. And we play it because we love it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you think it's a dying sport here in the United States? I don't think it's a dying no. sport. No, I not with don't, college. No, I don't girls. think we, we do it a disservice yeah. of how it's not as big as college. Yeah. Like, look, last, yesterday I was screaming at my TV because USC fight on. Fight on. One. Sorry, Kelly. My Bruins. I'm going to speak to my Bruins. This they is played, a, a part. Great. The no, blue, yeah. They played hard. Great, yeah. They played great. I cried. I was watching it in Arizona. <laughs> we lost in the semis. And I'm like, okay, I got to watch the Bruins. Watching on the grassy knoll in this big jumbo trial. I was like, come on, Brew. But no, the Trojans were victorious. Yeah. I'm going to zoom in on your face <laughs> but you in, know in post. I love my Bruins. They did amazing. Yeah, yeah they did. Well. They, they had a great amazing. season. They so. had a great season. But we're not doing what college is doing. Like how 
how can you tell me that a sport who just turned an NC2A sport is so big in just the country that they're getting more viewers and publicity and media yeah. than the APP. They just, they broke a record yesterday yes. with viewership. It was over 11,000. And I don't want to take away people from People who were at the event, yeah. which is so cool it's because huge. Gulf Shores is also really hard to get to. So the fact that people yeah. were there. So here's a solution, I think. Yeah. Any listeners out there that has, you know, connections to a couple billionaires or a billionaire, <laughs> listen, all you need to do is make another league <laughs> and then... Pay your athletes well, but also give back to the community. But do we need another league? Couldn't we just expand on this league that has been thriving in a legacy? Because it has a name and a brand behind it. Too. There's, yeah, yeah. There's I'm right there with you, but yeah. can we use this brand to build it up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, we're talking about the AVP, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's been, they're celebrating how many years? 40. 40, 40 years. So we're talking about 40 years of what? Yeah. It's a it's a very it's a very interesting topic, and obviously I know that there's a lot that, um, you know, we have only our experience as athletes playing on the tour or being a part of it in some sense, whether it's being a fan of media, etc. Um, but I know from the business side of things, there's a lot of things we don't know either, and yeah, which is I, I just think that there's more, yeah, that there's more yeah. that can that there's can be, be done, yeah, a hundred percent, yeah. I just have to be open to it. Right. There's if there's a will, there's a way. I always say that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I I also want to take a little bit of a, a turn here into um, you know, obviously going to indoor and seeing how much more diversity there is in the sport versus beach volleyball. And I know um, I want you to speak on like how important that is, but then also kind of what needs to happen for us to see more black females playing beach volleyball. Also, that's a. I'm sorry. I'm just dropping loaded questions. Um, Last year was the very first time that I stepped onto a volleyball court and I was not the only black girl on one side, like on U.S. soil. Like, yeah, I went overseas with um, Deja McClendon and Brittany Cooper. They were on my team, but we were overseas. We were in ports, completely different. But being on U.S. soil and not being the only colored girl on the same team was we're like, oh, that's all of us. <laughs> and it it's it's not really like a race thing for me. For me, it's just like an understanding. Like it doesn't it didn't matter at that point. It just mattered who laid out for everything, who gave a hundred percent, which was huge because when I was playing indoor like full effect, I, I felt like a cash cow. Literally. Like if you watched how I played indoor, I literally probably hit ninety five percent of the balls. And, you know, I, I loved it, but at the same time, I feel like if I had more support within, you know, having another counterpart that could athletically and giftly do what I did, I felt like I would have had a lot less on my load. And, um, I also have a sense of peace because I feel like we're doing our job as athletes and also that we have an opportunity to play together, which is huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, in indoor is completely different than sand. Um, I like getting sandy. I don't mind jumping in the water. I don't mind getting sunburned. And these are things that I feel that we need to normalize in my community. And I have different communities, obviously, because I'm Samoan, I'm Hawaiian, I'm you know white and I'm black. But um, I grew up on the beach, but I do think that we need to 
take more kids to the beach. Like, I feel like it's such a foreign thing to take kids to the beach. And um, we, um, Kashi Walmer, shout out, <laughs> um, and our Black Girl Caucus, we um, we are a part of a, um, a club called Culture Club. We would take kids from different areas and we would take them down to Bruce's Beach and um, just have them learn the culture of the beach, surfing, beach cleanups, volleyball, um, the history of just what Bruce's Beach was. Then they could build sandcastles and like it, there was just so much more. And you see these kids like never ever touching the sand and like at first like oh it's in my toes like at first they start with that and then they start to like loosen up and they get to love what we love about the beach yeah and i know i know we're spoiled because we live close to the beach but i just i wish that more black girls got opportunities to go to the beach if they just started off hating the sand between their toes and then just loving the water and starting there, I think we would have 10 times more girls like trying beach volleyball. Cause I do think that we would have dominance on the beach because I mean, who doesn't want to lay out in sand instead of a hardwood who doesn't want to jump on the sand instead of hardwood. Like there's nothing that would stop us other than ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of uh it's called Culture Club? It's called Culture and Club. And where can they find you for viewers that are listening and like where can we Facebook and Instagram, it's called Culture Club. Okay. And then um C U L T U R Club C L U B. And um I know this um uh if you don't know, Bruce's Beach was sold back to the city. Mm -hmm. So we are taking this um spring and summer off as they figure out their their stuff <laughs> and then um next year we will be going again and they also cook too they also do culinary in there too cool so um That's really cool. It, they do so many things and opportunities and it's free it's free for all kids. They just have to sign up. Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. Um it's a good opportunity. And I think um you know you've been such a great role model for a lot of black athletes, black females and um I know from personal experience when we played at USC together um not going to say it's because of you and and Alex <laughs> Jupiter, but maybe it was, but like before they were on the team, like the team was pretty white <laughs> and blonde, but like, I feel like, you know, you see color and I feel like you guys really set an example there and started to get people, um, other girls interested in school, like USC, for example. So kind of, I, you know, what does it mean to you to, to be such a, a big role model for these athletes? I feel like I didn't realize what it was while I was doing it. And now looking back and seeing that Alex and I were the only black and then you were the only <laughs> Latina and like <laughs> literally like it was just us. And um, now seeing it, like I feel, I feel like I did every step of the way I was supposed to go on it because now looking at the teams, literally like I see so much more color, so much more things that I don't think, back then they would have dealt with in the sense of just like the diversity or the attitude or, you know, maybe she's a hard, you know, attitude type person. Like they would have never taken a chance on these girls. And now I'm just obviously going on tour too. I'm seeing so much more diversity as well. And that is just like, wow, we we're growing in such a great way that anyone can play volleyball now. Yeah. Yeah. How involved are you with the USC program? I was more involved with the beach um, side and a call year shout out. She literally would make me 
go in those camps and go on um, the springtime and we would play alumni against them and literally like kick our ass. I don't know if we can cuss. Sorry, but no, you're good. she you're would good. she would literally like put us through drills and you're dying. And I, that's just I'm like, OK, I'm going to come back for Anna. Um, I have not been there as much as I would like to with this previous team. Um, Delaney Maple and Megan Craft are two of my kids I had in camp since they were in sixth grade. Whoa. I just have to say that. Shut the Norse twins, too. I've had them since they were babies and played against them. So I'm so happy that they're there thriving. Mm -hmm. Literally, they're amazing. I'm so proud of them. Um, so I'm, I'm there from a background stance. I check in with the girls as much as I can and just kind of be mama big sister kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I would love to be a part of the indoor um, as a mentor, as a analyst, as whatever I can do, because at this point, I feel like I have a lot to give. I just don't know how to give it in that sense of stretching myself, but also saying no. So don't quote me on like what I can do, yeah. I can't do, but I would love to be there as much as I can to make sure that mentally they're, they're where they need to be. And physically, if they have questions like volleyball wise, I'd love to be there. That's cool. I'm a, I'm a terrible alumni. <laughs> I, I could probably do more for SC than I do. So I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to help yes. more at USC. Well, I feel like, yeah, because <laughs> perfect. Thanks, pal. <laughs> well, you're such a good mentor. You have that. I mean, you're a mom, so you have that nurturing love trait. And I think getting involved with USC athletics, I think they probably, I mean, maybe they need it, but I think you're so powerful. You have a voice and I don't know, just listening to you talk on this table, it's like you have this nurturing love that I love and it's, I think you need to be heard and you can probably, you know, impact a lot of lives, a lot of, a lot of females. And I know you did some coaching as well. Um, some youth sports, high school, are you still coaching or what is that? I took a step back a few years ago because mm -hmm. I literally have that and it drains me because mm -hmm. I love so hard. Mm -hmm. I would literally love my kids like to the brink where they're texting me about their personal lives. And I'm like, Oh God, I need a glass of wine. This is a lot. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like I had a teenager yeah. at that moment and it's not a detriment to them. It was just more of like, okay, if you're still going to play, like you need to dive into you because you were right. diving into like, okay, you're coaching them. You're doing privates with them. You're doing labs with them. You're talking to them about their personal life. But like, what is your personal life? Like right. I had to like start looking at myself. So I have not coached. I'm actually going to be doing some camps this um, summer. Mm. So I'm ex super excited. Um, I wanted to kind of, open that door just a little bit, you know, and, um, especially seeing all of the kids that I saw, um, during our exhibition matches, they asked about, it. I was like, you know what, why not? I'll do a few camps this summer and figure it out from there. But, um, I'm where, willing to do it. Where can we find these, uh, these summer camps? That I'm doing? going to be posting them on my Instagram. Ooh. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> a little cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Hold on right here. Oh, Whoa. That was like <laughs> magical Moana vibe, <laughs> just for you. Yes. That was epic. That. that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I've always loved your confidence. And I think that that's really important that a lot of women don't have. And um, it's so important to stay true to yourself. And I feel like you're so good at that. So um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to hear where this that confidence comes from and like what your self-talk looks like um, because a lot of women I'm sure would love to hear about it. And I would love to hear yeah. about it. <laughs> um, I mean, like I was, I was going into was my twenties was surviving. I had to survive in so many different avenues of my life, but God continued to bless me. And um, 
I had to go into a point that like I didn't need to be in anybody else's shoes. Like everybody else's shoes is filled. Mine need to be filled. And there's so many ways that you can look at others and want to be like them and do the things they do or look like them. But you just have to look at different people and say, okay, I kind of like this about her. I kind of like that about her. You got to nitpick and see what works for you. And uh, unfortunately our, our community, no one looked like me. And um, I had great examples like Annette Davis and Jenny Johnson, Jordan. And you know, that helped me because I'm like, Oh, we we're in the sport. I just need to find my lane. And um, I found my lane by honestly just finding my voice. I think that was something that really helped me finding my voice of the reason I'm so loud when I play is because I know that volleyball can be taken away from you in an instant. And it's been taken away from me several times. So the reason I use my voice in that way is because I remember when I didn't have one and the confidence in myself is it's, it's so crazy when you, when you look at yourself in a mirror and you can just say, wow, like, the person you were last year is a completely different person this year. And it doesn't have to be negative or positive. You just have to literally look at yourself and see like you did that. Like you I honestly can look in the mirror every single day and said, there was so many things put in my path that were meant to break me or meant to just ruin me. And I thrived every single time. I honestly, I probably like crawled half the time or I had to like, you know, get the blood and everything going. But I literally got to the top of the hill and made it every single time. And that's why confidence to me is literally my grit and my tenacity of life. I love living life and I love the opportunities that have come my way because there's no one else that can do it like me because this was mine. This was my path. And that just goes into every bad thing that's happened to me, every good thing that's happened to me, everything that I never even thought that would come my way that came my way. Like, and you know, sometimes you got to throw in a bitch here and there. And you know, when you're in the mirror, like, yeah, bitch, you did it. Like, (laughs) you know, like you just got to have that swag. And I, I, I found it because it felt it it felt like I was my biggest cheerleader and that was something that was super important to me like I used to be my biggest critic and I noticed that that wasn't doing me any good it wasn't doing me any good at all and it helped me in a lot of ways in volleyball but in my life like what are you doing outside of volleyball talking to yourself like that you know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to change your athletic voice to your real life voice because like my athletic voice is like, bitch, go f- these people up. And yeah. it's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that's what my my beach or my like my mentality is when I'm playing. But like when I'm talking to myself, like you're not going to say that to yourself. Like you're going to be like, yeah, you did that. Like that's different than talking to yourself in that way, because there's so many more things that you have to go through outside of volleyball. Like who I was outside of volleyball was super important to me. Your self-talk is very strong and positive and you keep seeing the word thrive. And it just, is that like your mantra? I mean, we've had Nicole Davis on a few episodes back and she was discussing, you know, the concept of personal philosophy. I'm going to throw this out here on the spot. Do you have a personal philosophy if you could whether it's like a saying or a mantra, like what is it that you live by every day? I mean, I don't have one for every day. Um, I mean, I told you when I turned 31, flow was very huge for me. Um, 
surviving, obviously my twenties and thirties is for thriving. Thriving is so many different things you can thrive off of. And thriving is in any obstacle that I can, I want to be able to thrive. And thriving doesn't mean winning. That has nothing to do with it. Thriving means like I did everything I could in this way and I got everything out of it that I wanted to. That's thriving to me. And thriving also is like, damn it, I wanted to go to happy hour and I called all of my friends and none of them made it, but I went by myself and I thrived because I followed through on exactly what I wanted to do. I thrived. There's so many different things that you can do to thrive that, you know, I, I don't have there again, there's no manual for this at all. Um, but thriving to me, it just, it just takes so many different things. I try to live every day with a thrive, you know, some thrive moment for me. Yeah. I love that. That's so powerful. Me too. Yeah. I have to steal that from you a little bit. <laughs> Thriving in our 30s. Yeah. It's We're like, all 30 here. It's like finding the W in the day. Yeah. It's just celebrating That's, the yeah. small wins. Yeah. 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 There was a time that I was depressed and I had to find a a way to be happy again. And um, I did 31 days of happiness. That was like my way of thriving. And it could be like so weird of like, I'm going to make a little charcuterie and sit on this balcony and just watch the sunset. Or it could be like, I need to go up to PV and just watch the ocean with the sunset. Or it could be like, you know what? I'm going to sit in this moment in silence or listening to Shaw Day and having a glass of wine. And there's so many different things I did. And it was either by myself, isolation, it was with friends, but there's different things that I chose to do that I loved and made me happy every single day to get there. So that's important. (laughs) I think we should carry that into every day too. That's good. Um, I wanted to ask one last question that is brought to you by our sponsor, Trust and Will. They speak on the importance of legacy. And we were wondering what legacy means to you or what legacy you want to leave behind. Oh, see, you two are going to get that. <laughs> Good job, Dee. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, legacy is huge. Um, I feel like legacy has been a lingering word that has always been over me since I was probably like three. Um, having my uncle Eric, having my mom being a great athlete, my whole family was just super athletic legacy was just always talked about. Um, but legacy means completely different things now to me than back then. Um, legacy to me now, um, means that I have fought for everything that I want to fight for that makes the world better for my kids. That's legacy to me. And, um, the biggest thing that I realized that I don't want my son to just think I'm a good volleyball player. I want him to think that I'm a great person and that every way that impacts his life that I've done something. And, you know, we can go back to when we were going through the racial stuff in, you know, 2020, I always put him at the front of my mind to make sure that I left a legacy. If he ever asked me like, what did you do at this moment in your life to like make a difference? I want him to know I did. That's legacy to me. And, um, legacy is also making sure that my kids have something not materialistic, but something more moral. And that's legacy for me. I want them to be great people. I want them to be, I mean, great athletes is last for me. Like I want you to be a good human because it just, it just seems that a lot of people aren't good humans anymore and they don't care about others and there's no empathy. And 
I want him just to be a lover, you know, and I want him to love hard. And I, I that could be his greatest or his worst. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things of just love on yourself. Um, what I want to leave behind, I want to leave behind that I I was unapologetically me at all times. I never wavered and I always made sure that I put this sport first and I felt like I did. And, you know, if I were to end tomorrow, I felt like I did that. Um, and if I were to end five years from now, I know I'm going to continue to work hard to make sure that I put this sport as high as I can um, in any way I can. Like, honestly, like in whether it's indoor, whether it's beach, I feel like I'm going to continue to spread my light as much as I can. I literally pray about this every day is just, you know, I want my family happy, healthy, and safe. And I also want to make sure that, you know, your light is shine through me. And, um, I feel like every single time that he gives me an opportunity to just be able to shine, I, I get 10 more ears, a hundred more ears, you know, just to be able to grow things. And I think legacy is interesting, but, uh, it, it's something that I don't want it to be a, a pressure for my kids. I feel like it's just going to be something like, Oh, that's just mom. She always just, you know, says stuff like that. It's normal. It's, it's part of our family thing. Yeah. That was amazing. That was, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home and write down what I'm going to do with my legacy. <laughs> Cause I saw you taking notes. Yeah. I wrote down a, a lot. I wrote down thrive. I wrote down flow, grit, tenacious. Um, and then I said, just love life. Because it's precious. Good takeaways. And it could be, be taken away yeah. at any point. Yeah. So I think you're living that and you're thriving in your 30s. You're glowing. <laughs> and you're freaking amazing, Fallon. I know. <laughs> I feel so like, I don't know. I don't. I feel like I've known you. I don't know what it is. Like you're just so down to earth and, and um, so passionate. And I love your passion and your outlook on life and motherhood and the sport and what you want to do with the sport and your legacy. And today's episode was amazing. And it was so great having you here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, it was fun. The only l last question here I have Please. for you is, um, how do you take a bet on yourself or how have you taken a bet on yourself? I mean, I feel like I could answer this for you <laughs> uh, based off of this conversation. But if there's anything, you know, that you want to share about that, feel free. Um, I'll give a little mini story. I bet on myself. Um, I tried to balance being a professional athlete and being a mom. And I quickly realized it was, it was very hard. There's something that in me was like, you're a rock star. You're like 23. Like you can do this. Like, this is nothing like sleep. <laughs> what, what is that? And I had to quickly bet on myself by saying it's okay to quit because you're trying to be your best for him. And me being humbled like that made me take a bet on myself by one being realistic and two having to realize that um, you can't be superwoman. And the third one is also realizing that like that I still can do my job in in any facet that I have to do it. But now it's just being smart on how I want to do it and um, betting on myself. I feel like I've done that my whole life. I've had to tell naysayers and people who didn't believe that, you know, I was a good player or my life was over when I had a kid that, you know, you can bet against me if you want to, but I'm going to end up on that other side. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> that mic drop. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Oh, wow. that, was, that was so good. 
I mean, I love this Mother's Day special. Me too. We should. Yeah. We need to bring you on again. For sure. I'm down. I'm and down. I, I feel like we're just scratching at the surface here. Yeah. I'm like gripping my seat and I'm like, there's a, there's more. I, I know, know there's more. Know there's, you know, there's a ton. There's a ton. And I, I just I love the opportunities that you guys give me. I appreciate it. You know, just like we talked about, you know, there is probably no subject that you would give me that I wouldn't talk about because I feel like every time I do speak, I feel like I help others. Um, before I didn't feel like that before I was like, oh, keep your personal stuff to yourself. But now it just seems like more and more people need someone to talk about it. So then it feels maybe not normal, but it just seems like, you know, oh, I'm not alone. And that's so important this day and age, because obviously going from COVID to this, like we were isolated and now it's like normal life. So it's like trying to adjust to that is super important. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? No, my, che- my cheeks hurt from smiling. I'm just <laughs> looking at you. Just yeah, it's. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. And this is the Bet on Her podcast. And cut. Where's your thing? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot it. Oh, I forgot God. the little whatever thing. Uh, we'll do this. Oh, I'm much better. And cut. I need like sparkles around my face Seriously. now.